Pardon me while I kick it up a little bit this month. I apologize in advance for sharing parts of stories I've shared before on other platforms. I never know for sure what I'm going to write when I sit down to write. I sort of just let my heart and my fingers take over. And sometimes I need to go down the rabbit hole and sort through things one more time. February is winding to a close and March is right around the corner. It is always a time for big reflections for me. In the past, it has been a time of great loss and great victory. February has long taught me who I am and where I came from. So, it seems only natural that I tip my hat to her a little bit as I skip on into the next month. March 1st used to find me on the banks of Roaring River every year. I was either covering it for a local newspaper or taking some personal time to fish with my friends and family. I do confess to getting caught fishing one time with Jake when he was little, with nothing but a bobber on his little Snoopy fishing pole. Brother Lee Parsons tore me up one side and down the other for it. My first husband and I did have a little get-rich-quick scheme where we spent a couple of summers making fishing lures and selling them to bait shops, gas stations, and even Bass Pro. But three years ago this month was the morning a young, handsome man leaned down and whispered in my ear, Are you ready to get off this thing? He looked a bit like something from another planet with all of the protective covering he was wearing, including little beeping lights on his head. Boy, howdy, was I ever. I nodded my head as tears fell down the side of my face. There were tubes, wires, straps, and tape everywhere. Bed 23 had been my home for a while. I squinted at the framed photos on my tray and the photo wall sent by my tribe. The photos showed me with them during happier and healthier times. I could see some photos of me dancing, singing, or waving from the back of a car in a Christmas parade. I love a good parade. My new rescuer told me to take a deep breath and hold really still. I would feel some discomfort, but it wouldn't last long, he said. The pressure slowly began to disappear. The stress ebbed a little. I tried hard not to cry anymore, but it was no use. Little squeaky sobs escaped my throat as I gasped for air. I was here. I was breathing. I could see the gray-green curtains above my head. Or were they blue? Daylight. How many days had actually passed? I had tried hard to count them. It was all a little fuzzy. A sweet nurse came to pray with me, and those little squeaky peep sounds came out of my mouth as I tried to talk again. I sounded a little bit like Minnie Mouse. She had my phone in her hand and told me she was going to FaceTime with my son, Jake McCulley, when I was ready. His words of the past few days were ringing in my ear. Fight, Mama, fight. I need you to really fight. I was ready to see my people, stubborn streak and all. I glimpsed again to my right at the images of the hound dogs, parties, trips, family outings, parades, ball games, banquets, and awards. I saw me waving and laughing and posing in some of those shots. I saw my people laughing, smiling, and waving back. Thank you, God, I muttered, reaching over to pinch myself to see if I was really still here. I am a believer in modern medicine, science, angels, and the power of prayer and love. All of those things kept me here. That's why I'm still here today. But the time I spent hooked up to that ventilator was not pleasant. I couldn't move, talk, or completely comprehend what was going on, except for the bits of conversation I tried hard to process and knew that the longer I stayed on it, my chances of coming off without huge deficits were getting slimmer. I knew they had tried to take me off a couple of times, and it hadn't worked. 
I had heard them talking about my lungs, pneumonia, AFib, COVID risk factors, mortality rates, organ function, and brain activity. But it taught me some life lessons. As much as it has benchmarked my late jaunt in adulthood, it taught me that the big things are the only things that truly matter at the end of each day. Dear God, please let my brain work, I thought. Now is not the time for it to quit. My mom had always told me how smart my brother was. I was hoping maybe some of those genes had crept over to me. I needed my brain to function. I was reminded of a sermon my son was listening to when he was about three years old. He sat beside me coloring at church as Brother Lee Parsons talked about sin, death, the burning fires of hell, and the devil's focus on derailing us whenever and however he can. Jake looked up at me and said, Mama, is he ever going to talk about something fun? Oh, that's what I kept thinking as I tried to eavesdrop on my caretakers in the COVID tower. I knew some of the people around me weren't as fortunate as, as I was. I continued to barter with God about my future if he would just let me stay. Now, God doesn't really barter. I know that. But he does expect us to make good on our promises. He expects us to step out in faith. I thought bartering seemed worth a try at the time. I made tons of promises. As I continued my eavesdropping, I kept waiting for them to talk about something fun. I heard them talking about Billy in the next bed over. She might not make it. She had other problems. Tom, the Korean War veteran on my other side, was trying to talk to his grandson into checking on his farm amidst the brutally cold temperatures. He was on the phone and begging. It broke my heart. I told the Aurora High School Fellowship of Christian Athlete kids this month that I know where I'm going, but I sure like this life. I love my town, my school, my people, and my work. I even love the turds I get to deal with from time to time because, you know, they are my turds. I believe we are put on this earth to love and to serve. I believe as Christians we are to stand in the gap. We are to love our neighbors and our enemies every single day. Love wins. Returning to my normal pace, my normal slate of activities, and my normal energy levels has been awkward and painful at times. I'm sure you're sick of me talking about it. I am too. I'm not where I want to be just yet, but I am getting there, slowly, baby steps, deep breaths. I've taken in all of the advice I can get. I monitor my nutrition and calorie intake. I drink tons of water. I eat lots of fruit. I try to exercise every day. I also work on stretching. Sometimes I dance. I work on sleeping. That's been a big hurdle. Sleep eludes me at times. My primary doctor and I are both in our 60s. He's in a lot better shape than I am. We are at that point where we aren't sure if the deficits are because of COVID or age. I give him the stink eye when he says that. I am still shooting for the 100% of the old feisty me mark. I am close. But right now, I am reliving that day. I saw Jake's face appear in my front yard. There was snow on the ground and Al Mobley was in the background waving from the front porch. I am grateful for the journey and the lessons. Hope reigns. The dogs were there running around and we all told each other how much we loved each other. We were grateful for another chance, another tomorrow, another day. I stared at the phone later, trying to remember how to punch the buttons, calling my friends and family members one by one to thank them for their prayers and their love. 
Doctors came to my bedside to give me some high fives. One of them told me he sat with me on my worst night, the night my heart stopped a couple of times, the night they almost stopped working on me, and the team sort of took a vote. One fella at the end of my bed wanted to call it quits. I heard him say, she's had a good life. The others, thank God, did not. Oh, look, there's a little brain activity, someone said. Boy, howdy, I felt like I was rubbing two sticks together in my head just to get a tiny spark. I told the doctor I'd heard every word. I told him his name, his wife's name, and the names of his rescue dogs. I asked to see photos. I also remembered him telling me in the night his wife was from my neck of the woods, Purdy, very county. He patted my arm in the night and asked me to stay. Another doctor came inside the cubicle, looked at me, and laughed. I stared at him, and he said, Well, talk. You've been trying to talk to us on that ventilator for over a week. I never saw anything like it. I still have lots to say, I said. Now tell me about these pictures. What's the deal with this hound dog, he asked. I said, Look at my gorgeous family and my wonderful friends. They love me. They prayed for me. They brought me back. And normally, I'm a lot cuter than I look right now, I squeaked. Well, of course they did, he said. You're not an old hag, are you? I opened my mouth and nothing came out. I know what you're thinking. Ha! Gotcha. Now let's get you some ice chips and some jello. Did you know you're the youngest one up here? Boy, howdy. Let's go make up for lost time. I love you all. And if you ever need me to stand in the gap, I'm your girl. I've been taught by the experts. And I love, love, love my tribe. Anyone want to go fishing?